welcome back to the Sales Training Institute podcast series. Today's topic is one that can be beneficial no matter where you're at in your career, whether it's initial prospect meetings or meetings with long-term clients. This topic is one that Amy Franco has been spot on since we first started working with her. So we asked her to share some of her insights on how to run a standout meeting. And Amy, when I say standout meeting, can you help our audience better understand what we mean by saying that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, so, and thank you for saying that, by the way. Um, it's uh, the, how I like to define a, uh, a standout meeting is I think of, think of all the meetings that we have in a day. And I, I doubt anybody saying I would love to add one more meeting to my calendar, whether that's us or our clients. And so how I like to think about a standout meeting is really getting and working intentionally towards the results that you'd like to get out of that meeting and being the meeting that everyone remembers because you planned it well, you executed it well, and you and it was a really productive, intentional meeting. So that's how I like to define a standout meeting. You know, and in, in past conversations, we've, we've talked about that. And what, what you plan to share is, you know, a five-part framework to help basically our, our people incorporate business development into some of their upcoming client meetings. And the first part of the framework is, is to really pre-plan, do a lot of that front-end work to best position our teams. So can you share some of the tips that, that you can share with our group on effective pre-planning? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and if you spend enough time with me, uh, you, will, you will learn that I... I like to put things into frameworks um, just to, to give myself a way to, to think through something and give me options to pick from as I am thinking through how to execute on something. So, so that's really the idea behind creating a framework, giving you a track to run on, and you can choose the things that really work well for you to get to a certain result. Um, but one of the things in leading an effective meeting that I would not leave to chance and always keep as part of this framework is this idea of pre-planning. And this pre-planning absolutely determines your level of success. And oftentimes the level of pre-planning is, is, it's sort of dictated by the, the stakes of the meeting. The higher the stakes of the meeting, the more that you want to plan and you want to make sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Um, so, so some of the basic blocking and tackling when it comes to pre-planning is especially in a higher stakes meeting, is I really like to make sure I know who all is going to be there. If you've ever walked into a meeting and you're expecting you know, two people in the meeting and then there's eight people in the meeting, that's a completely different dynamic. So I really like to know who's going to be in the meeting so I could do a little bit of homework, uh, maybe a little bit of LinkedIn research and really understand who's going to be there. And I make sure that for every meeting, I plan an agenda. Even if it's just a few bullet points, something that gives me a track to run on and helps me really be proactive and communicate with the client or the prospect before coming even coming into that meeting. And Amy, I can speak from personal experience of working with you. I don't think you and I have ever had a call where we didn't have an agenda ahead of time. Well, and, and what I like about us working together is uh, we we're, we kind of work on the same track. So I might send the agenda and then there are times that, that you send the agenda. But I, I really believe it. it just helps us to be way more productive and, and just to get done what we need to get done and, and keep ourselves on track. Yep, absolutely. And one of the things, too, that we, we've talked about is, you know, leading the open. And I think we've we've all been part of a meeting before when we've walked in and it's one of those awkward moments where you kind of look around the table or you look around the room and like, who, who's actually leading this thing? Right. And I think that that can get things started off and down the kind of the wrong path or the wrong wrong road. So um, can you share 
from from your perspective, how, how can we effectively you know lead the open to a discussion? Yeah, so so I like to think of leading the meeting and opening the meeting is an important part of being in that trusted advisor role. When our clients know we're leading the meeting, it's a way that we kind of lighten their workload and we help them to be successful. So that that's how I like to think about about it when I'm leading leading the opening. But some of the real effective nuts and bolts of, of how I lead a meeting or open a meeting, and especially one that's a, that's higher stakes, or I know that there are business development opportunities, is I my, my agenda is my friend, and I really use the agenda to kick things off. Um, I do simple things like confirming the meeting timing. If you have ever gone into a meeting and you think you have an hour, but your decision maker or your the, the C-level person in the room that you're meeting with says, you know what? I have 30 minutes, that changes what you can cover in that time. So confirming that timing and knowing the outcomes that we're looking to accomplish are really important. So if your meeting does get cut short and you can confirm, hey, these are the two or three things we wanted to make sure that we accomplish, that can be your your North Star, if you will, to make sure that you still lead a productive meeting. So now we're at this stage, we've done a lot of good work on the front end. We've now kind of set the stage for the actual conversation. So now now it's game time. Now we're, you know, now we're right in the midst of what we're there to do. What are some of the cues that we can look for throughout the actual conversation itself? Yeah, so so if I'm thinking about I'm I'm having that conversation where where you're in a dialogue and especially if you're at a meeting where there's a larger number of people, I also see part of my role of leading the meeting is uh, trying to be inclusive of everyone as I possibly can so that we have everyone contributing. And so so knowing the goal for the meeting that the client's bigger picture goals can kind of help with with that dialogue. Um so if I'm running in the meeting and I've covered all of my agenda points, I will typically put into the agenda a, a business development conversation point into the agenda. And you know sometimes this is a little bit of a judgment call. It's, it's very dependent on the type of meeting that you're running. So some meetings this will be appropriate for, other meetings you may not want to do it. But if I am looking to redirect into a business conversation, I, I might say something like, you know, we've covered all the major items on our agenda. Um, if there aren't any other questions, I'd really like to cover my last bullet point in my agenda. I wanted to leave some space for a broader conversation about your business so I can stay current on your business. That right there is a really key phrase. I want to stay current on your business because it shows that you're doing the homework you are not only talking about your services or the task at hand, you're also thinking about their business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, th- this may you know, catch you off guard a little bit as far as on the conversation, but you know, a lot of our past, you know, we, you've done some other presentations you know, at Sky at our recent marketing summit, and we've talked a lot about executive presence and just kind of knowing your surroundings. What what are some of the things that you look for? Because we, we talked about cues, but lot, like what about from a you know a body language and the way you know our clients are acting or our prospects are acting when we're talking to them? Because I think that's an important part of kind of knowing how the the meeting's going. So do you have any insights? Um, you know, as far as like what to look for as far as body language? 
Yeah, sure. So, um, so one of the most beneficial parts of having that in-person meeting is that you are sitting face to face with someone, and you and you get the opportunity to really um, engage with them and, and see what their body language is. When we're in a virtual meeting, you know, phone call, maybe even video, we don't always have that opportunity. Some some of those cues might be missing. But if we're in a in a in-person client meeting. Some of the cues that I'm going to be looking for from a body language standpoint, I am going to be paying attention to the the tone of their voice, um, whether it's a, a positive tone or is it a frustrated tone? You know, what what is that tone? Because that's going to help me kind of think through. All right, how do I want to redirect this conversation to to keep it on track or to get it back on track? So I'm going to be listening for tone of voice. I'm going to be looking for how they are engaged with me across the table. Are they like you know leaning forward? Are they engaged? Are they taking notes? Or do they seem like maybe they're a little bit checked out? I mean, I have been in meetings where I've seen somebody pick up their phone and start looking at emails. So so those those types of cues can tell you how is this landing? How is the conversation going? And do do I need to potentially redirect? Right. Yeah. Very very good insight. And then, you know, another, you know, very critical stage of, you know, running a, a good meeting is the actual close. So h- how do we make sure that we we walk out of there and we know we've had a good meeting? Yeah, so so I like to think about how I wrap up the meeting as being just as important as how we open it. And how we, how we leave an interaction is is so important because it is typically the last thing that that someone, a person, or the group is going to remember. Even if we're having some tough conversations in that meeting, the way in which we end it, the way in which we leave it, can really direct what happens from there. So, so typically what I'll do is I will take a couple of minutes maybe to review some key points, some key takeaways that show that I've really paid attention. It will give them the opportunity to add anything else to the conversation that, they, that they'd like to. Um, for things that are related to business development, if you're having a business development, copper, uh, a business development conversation or some other type of uh, business conversation, I always own those because then I can control coming back in, in making sure that I do the appropriate follow-up. But I will say the one tip that someone had shared with me early in my career that I always take with me is if it's a high-stakes meeting or if it's a business development meeting, I always make it a goal to get the next meeting on the calendar while we're all there together. That just helps keep momentum going. It shows that I'm being thoughtful and it it cuts down on dozens of emails and trying to get something scheduled. And Amy, I think you you alluded to this, but you know, we 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 talked about time management in our January session. And a lot of times, you know, when, when we're in a discussion or in a meeting, we walk out of there with our, you know, our action items or what's next. Everyone gets back to their day-to-day. And, you know, sometimes some of that can fall off the radar. So do you have any, you know, strategies or tactics that you, you we can leverage after we're, we, you know, we wrap up a meeting, say we get another two or three, four days down the road? What, what can we do to make sure that we, we deliver on what we said? Yeah, so so I would say this part of the framework is also one that can really set us apart, which is the follow-up piece. So many times when things uh, fall apart, it's because the follow-up didn't happen. So so typically what I'll do is as much as I can while it's fresh, 
I will try to tackle as many of my follow-up action items as I can because the meeting is still fresh and what we're trying to get to in terms of outcomes is still fresh. I don't know about you, but but the more time that, that goes by, you know, a day or a week, then it, it's easy for it to fall off the radar. So I do try to tackle as much as I can, um, as quickly as I can. And then if I'm running something that is team oriented, maybe we have some other BKDers that are they're part of the meeting or even client to-dos. I, if I'm leading the meeting and I'm owning it, I will also follow up with an email that says, here are the things that we've committed to and here's when we'll commit to them. So I guess that's kind of a two-part answer. I tackle the things I know that I need to do as quickly as I can. And then I will also send a follow-up to keep us all accountable, including myself. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I've, I've learned in, in working with you too, is I <laughs> kind of going back to our time management uh, series and, you know, blocking time out on your calendar, you know, depending on the level of the next step, you know, you, you mentioned some of those can be done immediately, but there's other times when, you know, there, there may be a, a task that's um, much more work heavy so I will try to put a time on my calendar that following week or whenever it may be and actually block out time with kind of a reminder of what we had talked about just to make sure that I'm, I'm hitting that deadline. So it's kind of weaving the two, the two topics together. So, Amy, as we, as we wrap up, is there any other key takeaways or anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Yeah, you know, as in, 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 terms of, in terms of meetings, I think almost every meeting has an opportunity for some kind of business conversation that can lead to business development opportunities. And I think of a business development opportunity as helping a client to solve a problem. They, we need, we're, we're in the role of helping them solve a business problem. And those things are going to naturally come up in the meetings that we're already in. So how can we, um, how can we take advantage of the meetings that we're already in to serve our clients even better? Absolutely. Well, Amy, once again, we, we always appreciate you taking time to, to talk with us and share your insight. You know, once again, working with you, it's not, this isn't something that, that you just preach. It's something that I see you do in your day to day whenever, uh, you know, you work with myself and others around the firm. So, so thank you for your uh, ongoing commitment and your insight for the group. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 